You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad joins me to discuss the FA Cup final as Chelsea play Leicester City. We got big games in La Liga as Atletico Madrid hope to wrap this up and get La Liga over there to Los Colchoneros. We have games in Germany. We have games in France, in Spain, the Women's Champions League final and the NWSL kicks off. So our producer and our color commentator and analyst, Lisa Roman, joins to discuss even more. This is the biggest weekend preview yet. So you better tune in. Que Golazo begins right now. From the season opener to Thanksgiving clashes to rematches and rivalries, the NFL schedule is now set and the Pick 6 podcast is your source for a comprehensive schedule breakdown. The team analyzes the biggest matchups of the year and gives you a head start on season-long and week one gambling. Download and follow the Pick 6 NFL podcast wherever you find this one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kego Lasso, our weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, my man? I'm living the dream. Hope everybody's doing well at home. Lots of big games this weekend because we're getting close to the end of the season. So as I like to call it, it is squeaky bum time. Luis Miguel. Absolutely. Plenty of games to discuss. We'll give you everything that we can offer preview-wise. And of course, we'll do a little parlay partay. Jimmy will explain a little bit in a second. But Jimmy, you had a chance to chat to uh, Christian Pulisic uh, as well as part of the FA Cup. We're going to begin with the FA Cup final as Chelsea play Leicester City. L- real quick, Jimmy, h- how was that chat? H- h- how's, how's Christian doing? Uh, he's doing great. Uh, that was my first interaction with Christian. So I had to stay up till 2 a.m. local time here in California to get the interview because Chelsea only offered him up, you know, local time right before training over there. So I, I did it and it was fun. I had a good time and I got him to laugh. I think ultimately that's always my goal when I sit down and have interviews. Like at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of grown men in small shorts kicking a ball in a certain direction, right? It's not that big of a deal. So I wanted to kind of get to that spot. But when you only have 10 minutes to make it happen, it's a little difficult. But we got through the questions and at the end he was laughing and that's all that matters. So it was good. And he looks relaxed and I know he picked up a knock uh, against Arsenal. So we'll see if he's ready to go for the FA cup final. Obviously he'd be a big loss if he missed out. Yeah, absolutely. And we begin right there. Uh, And by the way, you can check it all out. uh, Jimmy Conrad on Twitter, Instagram, of course, but we begin with the FA cup, Chelsea, Leicester city, Thomas two holes, first chance, at a trophy here. It's going to be a good one. Leicester City, of course, feeling confident after beating Manchester United, uh, almost uh, surely securing the Champions League spot. But this is a major trophy, of course, for both managers. And Jimmy, we're going to do some fun things today, right? Uh, from a betting perspective. Yeah, the parlay parte, everybody. La Fiesta Parliesta is going to be happening. There's so many big games uh, across Europe. So we're going to pick one game from each let's say country or league, because I think we're going to include the FA Cup in this one. It's not part of the Premier League, of course. And then one from MLS, a lot of big games over the weekend as well. And we'll get a little six-team action and we'll, we'll hopefully hit this time around. We were close. We're always close, Luis, but we never get to the finish line. This weekend, though, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I am feeling it. 
I, I've got that, that the addiction is starting to get real, but I'm just kidding. We're betting five bucks. It's just a, it's a throwaway bet. And if we hit, honestly though, if we ever hit one of these, oh, we're going crazy. I just want to let everybody know. And we're going to Vegas. We're going to go to Vegas, of course. And we're going to blow all the money that we just won. <laughs> Secondly, though, we're going to be insufferable. I mean, I mean, I, I am insufferable if I hit one of my three bets or something a week. If we hit a six-team parlay, it is going to be next level. Oh, I've told everybody, we're getting fired if this is happening. I'm going all out. We're going to Vegas. We're going to do this pod from, like, uh, you know, a mansion that we'll be, we'll be, we'll be chilling out with. Uh, we'll be chilling out with Mike Tyson and his house over there. Like, it's just going to be crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine partnering with Mike Tyson? I'm just, listen. I keep picturing the hangover. Just like, a- <laughs> listen, listen, if that's why people need to bet $5 with us because then they can come with us on this trip to Vegas. We could be smoking cigars by the pool. <laughs> it'll be all, it'll be all popping off. Jimmy, so, I just so. realized something. We also might get divorced. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be really bad. We don't, we don't need to go to therapy just yet for this podcast. Let's, let's win the money first and we can talk about that stuff afterwards. All right. Well, let's see if you join us on this crazy ride. Let's begin in the FA Cup show. Chelsea against Leicester City. This is obviously a very big opportunity for both sides to get some silverware in the end of the season 2021. What do you have for me? Okay, so everybody needs some context with regard to this trophy in particular. It is the oldest tournament in the history of the beautiful game. 150 years ago, it got started. Now, this is going to be the 140th time that the trophy's been handed out for wars that happened when they didn't play the competition. So it's a big deal. Chelsea, if they win this, will be the ninth time they've ever won this trophy. Fun fact, the last time they lost to Arsenal in a final, well, before last season, they won it the following season. So they lost to Arsenal last year. Seems like everything's boding well for them to win it again. I think history will repeat itself. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. That said, Leicester are the only British team in the history of the competition to get to four finals and never win. And it might be five, five out of five. They're like the Buffalo Bills of the FA Cup, everybody. They just can get to the finish line, but then Scott Norwood their way. And that's a really deep cut for everybody that's an old school NFL fan uh, of not winning the trophy. Maybe even the New England Revolution, if you want to get MLS terms, right? So there's, uh, there's a lot at stake here for Leicester, but they're the big underdogs. And what I wanted to say is that's where I think Leicester feel the most comfortable. They were massive underdogs when they won the Premier League back in 2016. Nobody expected them to do it. No one expects them to win this game. And I feel like that's a space that they feel really comfortable in. And with Chelsea losing to Arsenal now and Arsenal using some tactics that I think Leicester could employ, Leicester brings Johnny Evans back into the team. He's, whether you love him or hate him, because he hits, he hurts Stu Holden, his first significant knee injury. And I'm still bitter that Johnny Evans like absolutely brutalized Stu Holden and Stu Holden never really recovered from that tackle. Uh, he, he still is a linchpin for, for that defense and he's a leader and he's got gravitas and presence back there. And so him coming back into the team is very important. Jamie Vardy needs to show up in this one. He, he does it in other ways, of course. And I think he's a special player, but only two goals in his last, well, since December is crazy for a player of his stature, but, uh, Kelechi Iheanacho has been fantastic. Fun fact for you about, uh, Iheanacho. This is great. Um, He has scored more goals in this competition than any other player since making his debut in the FA Cup in January 2016. He's hit the back of the net 14 times in 19 games. Wow, he owns this tournament. He owns it, dude. He scored the game winner against Brighton in the round of 16 this season, two goals against Manchester United in the quarterfinals, and the game winner against Southampton in the semifinals, which prompted him to say afterwards, I think the FA Cup loves me. And I love the FA Cup. (laughs) That was his quote. I love him. He's great. He's great. So 
there's a lot to like about Lester, and I think it feels more from a. Wouldn't it be cool to see Lester win it? Very similar yeah. to the vibes I was feeling ahead of I 2016. So. But when you look at this practically, and when you look at the quotes that that Thomas Tuchel had, which were very harsh, by the way, after they lost to Arsenal, where he said, I didn't pick the right players. I made too many changes. The guys weren't good enough. We made our own mistakes. That was as close to Joe, Jose Mourinho that I've seen Thomas Tuchel. He, he finally loses a game that maybe didn't go his way, and he he... He went into these waters that I'm like, I don't know about, you could have handled that a lot different. I know he was frustrated. I know it's tough to have a microphone stuffed into your face right after you lose, especially in the way that they did. But that was really interesting to me that he went so quickly. He said, I take full responsibility. That, but that was going to be my thing. He began with that. He accepted responsibility. I think he rotated too much. Uh, you could clearly see that. There, yes. I mean, I, I appreciate him saying I take full responsibility but there's still some underlying shade that you're throwing at your players that I didn't choose the right guys. Yeah, I think so. But I think he, I think that he, after this game, he went into that dressing room and I think he told the players exactly what he said on camera. I don't think he's hiding anything. He's like, you guys were not good enough. This was not a good enough performance. And I'm going to tell that when I get asked that question, just FYI, I just see Thomas Tuchel as a, as a manager who's very pragmatic and who understands he made mistakes. I, I agree. I think he probably went a little too far in blaming individuals, but, you know, it, ultimately it was his mistake. He rotated too much because he's looking ahead to this game. Yeah, so I'm just curious to see how the team responds because yeah. as I mentioned and as I've said, I think all week, Chelsea have been very good at being in the lead. And in this particular game, they were behind for 75 minutes. And I just think that was uncharted territory for them. And even though they had enough opportunities and the possession was in their favor and the shots and all that stuff, there's still a mental component to this in terms of how do we solve problems when things aren't going our way. And I just thought that was, I just thought those were interesting comments from Thomas. Absolutely. No, I'm with you hundred percent. Will that, will that play into the match? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Chelsea are the heavy favorites and I think they should be. What I do want to say though, from a betting perspective, just so everybody knows, this is crazy. And I had to do this research and I was like, what is happening? You, you know, when you find that one little nugget of information, you're like, holy crap, I got to take that next step. And I went, I went down a rabbit hole, everybody. In over half of Chelsea's 26 games under Tuchel, 14 to be exact, Chelsea have one and under two and a half goals. Okay, that pays plus 300 for this one, which I thought was pretty intense. In the remaining 12 games under Tuchel, okay, eight of those 12, have been under two and a half goals, either through draws or one zero losses. Okay, just like we saw with Arsenal and Deporto. And, and then the, re the remaining four were a 2-1 win over Sheffield, a 5-2 loss to West Brom, a 4-1 win over Crystal Palace, and a, the 2-1 win over City. So in 22, and I'm doing the math for you here, 22 of the 26 games, there were two and a half goals or less. Dude, that is, that is, that is wild. That is a trend. So the draw after 90 minutes and under two and a half goals is plus 300 as well. So I'm looking at this for value. I think team opener will get the start. I'm curious to see if, if we're Kai Havertz, if he's starting or if he's not, if Christian Pulisic is hurt, then I think 100% Kai Havertz will start and then Zayek comes in. But I kind of like team opener to score any time to kind of continue to prove, Hey, this might not have been the greatest season for me statistically, even though I lead Chelsea in both goals and assists and he doesn't get enough credit for that. But him to score any times actually plus 175. I like that value a lot. Under two and a half goals is crazy. So if you guys think, if you have a heart and you think Leicester can at least get a draw after 90 minutes, and they've been very good in the FA Cup this season, and we went through Vardy and Nacho and bringing Johnny Evans back, and Wilfred Ndidi is a beast, and I interviewed him next, so that'll be popping up on my social media stuff uh, today. 
they've got a chance. They absolutely have a chance. And, and, and I could see maybe a draw. And then from there, once it gets to extra time, but under two and a half goals, I'm, I'm thinking like a one, one or, or Chelsea wins at one, zero or two, zero. It just kind of depends on what you think, but both values for in the under are plus 300. So that's, that's what I'm kind of saying there. I don't know. The, the parlay is going to be kind of crazy for this one, but I think we should include it because it's such a big game. Well, it's going to be crazy because I'm agreeing with you on the under two and a half goals, but I think that's where it ends. I think Chelsea wins this. I think that nobody should take anything from this Arsenal game aside from the fact that they lost, but just because of how rotated it was. Let me just remind everybody this Arsenal loss, okay? Kepa was in goal, so Mendy comes in. Rudiger wasn't even there, okay? So he comes back in. He feels fresh. Most importantly, N'Golo Kante wasn't there. So he's going to feel super fresh for this coming in. You made your point about Kai Havertz. Team of Erna will step in and here as well. There will be no Giroud or Tammy Abraham from the stop. You know, he wasn't even the squad, Abraham, so forget about him for a second. But this is going to be a much different lineup. And a fresher N'Golo Kante, a fresher Team of Erna, the best, arguably the best goalkeeper right now, one of them, at least in Europe, in Edward Mendy, back in the lineup. I think, obviously, because of what you just said, Chelsea is not going to completely destroy you for nothing, 5-1, whatever. But I do some, these, I, I'm leaning, okay, okay. I'm leaning to a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Whether that goes and extends it, whether that extends into extra time, that's something else. Ooh, that's the over. Interesting. Well, we'll just go with Chelsea winning at minus 110. That'll be part of our parlay. I agree with you on the N'Golo Conte thing. So when I interviewed Pulisic, one of my questions to him was, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't even know why I asked this. Like, who's the best player you ever played with and why is it N'Golo Conte? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I interrupted him because he was giving, I knew this, 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 this you know, the, the regular answer was coming. The cliched answer was coming. And I interrupted him and said, listen, Last FA Cup final where you guys lost to Arsenal, N'Golo Conte didn't start and didn't play. And coincidentally, you guys didn't win. So if you want to win, and I can text Thomas Tuchel if you want, you got to put N'Golo Conte in the team. And I think you're right. I think he's the X factor. I think he does make such a big difference. Rudiger coming back in. Keppa will start, though, this final. He's been the cup the cup keeper the whole oh, time. Oh, good point. Good point. Good so point. Keppa yeah. will stay in. And he wasn't his fault, but it just seems like when there's mistakes from Chelsea, Keppa just seems to always be in goal. Eh, that's weird. But that said, I think he'll be up for this one. He's been very good so far in the cup. And and uh, that wasn't his mistake, by the way. Jorginho should have done it. No, no, it wasn't. He, in fact, uh, Keppa did so well to get it out of the that's line. That's true. The save was uh, ridiculous. No, I, absolutely. To I, me, it's I, about... I like Chelsea to win. I like Chelsea to win. Let's it's go about a fresh N'Golo Kante and a fresh Antonio Rudiger, who I think has been tremendous as well. And it's just, I like Chelsea too. Now, I can be persuaded on going on that two and a half. So maybe two nothing. Yeah, but, but it's, I mean, it's if you think Chelsea's going to win and under two and a half goals, they've done that 14 times under, under 26 games under Tuchel, which is pretty remarkable, by the way. Uh, that pays plus 300. If you think it's going to be a draw, worries me. Iniacho, I feel he'll scare, get a goal though. Okay, well, so if you think he's going to go, I could see it being, I can honestly think it could be 1-1. One, one, you know? Yeah, but, and then he goes but, into extra time. I like that. Then, then that's still plus 300 because uh, the draw and under two and a half is for the first 90 minutes. Well, what are you leaning towards? I'm going with Chelsea. I, I, I'm going to go with Chelsea straight up. Chelsea, well, Chelsea straight up is minus 110. I'll put them in the parlay, uh, Chelsea, okay. the parlay. But, but if I was going to bet this individually, I would do the under and two and a half. Correct. Because we're going with the parlay. So let's go with the parlay. Let's go with the Chelsea win. Okay. Boom. Whew, All right. So was, let, 
I feel like I'm like a lot of stress talking about this. I know, I know. <laughs> and everybody, we can't do this for every game because Jimmy and I will just have a heart attack. So yeah, just, yeah, I'll be on the floor at that point. We're going to stay in England, but we're going to do one game from the Premier League, okay? Plenty of fixtures, but the most important thing right now, I think, because we already have a Premier League champion in Man City and we already know who's getting relegated, it's really about the race for Europe and the Champions League spot. So I want to uh, focus just purely on Brighton hosting West Ham because West Ham have had a tremendous season. David Moyes, as we always talk in this part, deserves a mention for manager of the year. Uh, you know, they have a good opportunity here to keep keep hoping for a Champions League spot. We don't know if it will happen, but it's a great opportunity as Leicester's out of action this weekend in the league in the FA Cup. So West Ham, what do you have for me in this game? Well, I can say right from the get-go, Brighton are in 17th place, but it doesn't matter anymore that the, the bottom three teams are going to get relegated so they can kind of breathe and relax a little bit. I do want to give a shout out to them because they are tied for the sixth best defense in all of the Premier League. And when you're a team and you're on a team that doesn't score a lot of goals, so they've scored 36 goals so far in 35 games that puts so much pressure on the defense to have to be perfect. So yeah. I want to give a shout out to their captain, Lewis Dunk for really leading that back line in particular. And and I, I don't know. I just think that Brighton are only going to get better from here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do over the summer to help strengthen their team. I'm going to start there. With regard to uh, West Ham, this is, this is such a big game. You know, it, it'll help them solidify their spot in the Europa League for sure. But playing away at Brighton is not going to be easy. West Ham's away record, middle of the table. They got eight wins, six losses, and three draws away from home. So... You know, you just could be kind of a mixed bag, but they've shown up uh, in some capacity. I say that, but they've actually lost uh, three out of their last four and they kind of slumped at the worst possible moment. So it looks like it looks like a top four finish might be beyond them, but that could give them a little bit of a, a chance to relax as well, because they don't really have a lot to lose with regard to the top four conversation. They can just try and see what happens. I, I, I feel a draw on this one just because. You know, it'd be really West Ham at this point to be so close to achieving something special <laughs> and, and David Wise in particular, and then not even qualifying for the Europa League. So, yeah. which is more than possible. The, the last four meetings between these two have ended in draws. So I wouldn't be surprised given the form of both the, to, to see another draw here. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards at the moment. Let me give you some, some looks on that well as you do that they've been very topsy-turvy West Ham they lost to Newcastle then they lose to Chelsea but then they beat Burnley but then they go back and lose to Everton so that's their last games before this this one against Brighton so you know I think the legs are getting tired maybe I think maybe there's a little bit of pressure of knowing just how much it means to them to just get Europe you know, it's going to be a trick. And, and to your point about Brighton already safe, I, that releases a lot of stress from a lot of players. For I think. sure. And For it sure. makes them just play uh, in a, and Graham Porter is a great manager. Uh, so, you know, he'll be organized. He'll be ready to go, but this will be an intriguing matchup. I, I, I don't know. I think a draw sounds about right. I, I draw. I mean, especially since they've done it in the last four times they played against each other. It's, right. it's interesting well, exactly. because, because the, the, West Ham and a lot of these players that have been with the team for a while, last season they finished in 16th, season before that 10th, 13th before that, 11th before that. Like they're just, uh, to your point, I don't know how comfortable they are all of a sudden this pressure at the end of the season and and now we have to perform. More often than not, everything's been done and dusted and they've been settling in mid-table purgatory for the last month of, of most seasons in recent years. So 
this is new. This is kind of uncharted for them. And obviously David Moyes leading the troops in it and them losing three out of the last four. And like I said, I think with regard to Leicester, if you lose to Newcastle, you don't deserve to play in Europe. Like, it's Newcastle. <laughs> what are you guys even doing? They're terrible. They're not. Here's one thing bad. I forgot though, Jimmy, uh, Lewis Dunk won't be in this game. Oh, that's, that's right. He's suspended that's after right. scoring and also getting uh, sent off. Uh, this that's, that's big for that Brian. is big. That is big. And I think Mikel Antonio in particular could take advantage of that. Lewis Dunk also is very dangerous in set pieces and corners. So that could, could would that uh, tilt your way to a West Ham win, or is that not enough? I just think that West Ham's going to West Ham, and <laughs> and I just think it's. I'll say a draw, which still puts them keeps them in the conversation. But man, it really makes those last couple, you know, come down to the wire. I think and there's going to be some. That top six is going to be really exciting. I think in the last couple of weeks. So I don't want West Ham to blow it for us and win because then it, it takes away a lot of the intrigue. And we always need a draw in these parlays. Yes, we do. So are we, are we feeling a draw here? I mean, I'm with you. It's all right. All right. I, the Lewis Dunk absence worries me a it little does, bit. It does, it does, it does. I'm with you on that. Uh, but it, for now, it's fine. Let's put it in the draw. Let's put it in there. All right. Okay, so let's uh, let's leave England for a second now and let's go to España, uh, La Liga, because uh, Atletico Madrid closing in on a title. Let's see if they don't cup it up. Uh, let's see if they don't uh, West Ham it up. Uh, what do you have for me? Atletico Madrid, uh, Osasuna, and there's other games as well, but you know, can go anywhere in La Liga. Yeah, I mean, at this point, all eyes should be on Atletico Madrid hosting Osasuna. We 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 don't know the result of Granada, Real Madrid, but let's assume Real Madrid just win. I mean, every it, it's all in Atleti's hands, so they have to show up, they have to perform. The last time they played against Osasuna, they won 3-1. Joao Felix had two goals in that one and uh i think correa had the third and and my friend ante budamir scored for osasuna always proud of him when he does that love it this is going to be a tough one but it lets you at home i i, I they, if they score early i just think that helps relax things they, they almost gave away the game not gave it away but they were given a lot of opportunities and a lot of possession to real sociedad and their 2-1 win this week i love did you see did you see coke's comments after the game no tell me what he said he basically said yeah, uh, we wouldn't be Atletico Madrid if we didn't suffer. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's true. It's unbelievable. And of course, Diego Simeone goes, we have to suffer to win anything of consequence. You know, I'm paraphrasing these guys, but but ultimately that's the messaging is well, that's clearly the messaging in the dressing room. There's something about Diego Simeone that I think maybe that's why I because because when I look at it's interesting. I feel like I need to suffer a little bit every day, right? To feel alive. And, and I, and I use exercise as a way to do that. I'll go run Hills. I'll go do all this stuff. I'm getting into some personal life stuff, but, but there's something I always like was drawn to with Atleti and Diego Simeone in particular. And now I think I figured it out. It's the suffering. Like the yeah. suffering makes you feel alive. Jimmy, the suffering makes you feel. Jimmy, one of my favorite quotes ever is by uh, Victor Frankl, where there is light must endure burning. And that to me is Atletico Madrid. It's it. It, it's the That's club it. that needs to go through thick mud to just get to the mountaintop. And this is it. And it's no surprise that Coque said that or that Cholo Simeone said that. And, you know, they have to suffer. Now, will they suffer in this game, Jimmy Conrad, is what 1, I'm trying to figure 1, out. thousand percent. One thousand percent. They're going to give up possession and they're going to sit back. And I think we'll probably see a, a very similar lineup. And, and Jimenez, who's been very important for them. He has, he's still like trying to come back from an injury. And I don't think Simeone really wants to risk him if he's only 75%. But if, if Jimenez comes back into the team is fully healthy, it just strengthens 
my resolve that, yeah. that Atleti are going to get there. Osasuna have nothing to play for. They nothing uh, to play for. They beat Cadiz 3-2 before this one. They tied against Athletic Bilbao 2-0. Real Madrid beat them 2-0 before that. They have nothing to play for. They're away. This is this has to be this just has to be a victory for Atletico Madrid. I, I I think if they win this, they will just need to draw uh, the last day of the season at a minimum. They might even win it this weekend, and I say that because they could win it this weekend. Yeah, Madrid dropped points to to Granada, where we're obviously now. Uh, when you're listening to this, by the way, we don't you know the result has already happened, so we can't predict. But but regardless, but, you but know, Madrid, Madrid have like, to go. Madrid have to go to Bilbao to play Athletic Club. And it's not easy to play at the San Mamis. Madrid don't have the best record there. And nobody really does. Athletic are very good uh, at home. And so I get to see Madrid dropping points. And I think that Atleti will be there and and uh, will be enjoying it at the end of the season. All right. So let's add Atletico Madrid colchoneros in let's do it. the let's do parlay. It. Let's do it. Let's do All right. It. Well, let's. Uh, you want to stay in La Liga? No, I mean, there's really not much to add because everybody else, Barcelona, we've talked about them blowing it. Uh, you know, I saw some reports if we want to dabble in those waters that Ronald Koeman is looking at Memphis Depay and Sergio Aguero to join the squad next season. Let's talk with Sergio Aguero. Do you, do you like that one, Luis? I do like that. I like him returning to Spain for sure. Uh, I think he would be a very good addition. My question to that report, by the way, and I tweeted back on my friend Moises, uh, I was, you know, is Ronald Koeman even staying? <laughs> like, because obviously the Memphis Depay is a Koeman choice. The uh, per the reports to ESPN, uh, the Sergio Aguero is a president. That's a John Laporta choice. He definitely wants it. And but I do like it. I mean, it's Sergio Aguero. You know, do you like it? I mean, if you he's already kind of in the mentality that he is going to probably be the super sub for the rest of his career, right? Just to finish it out. So, he's fine with it. Yeah, I mean, that would be that's the perfect role for him. So if he comes in with those expectations and you can bring him in and you have a really experienced player like him coming off the bench. Yeah, I, w- I would do it, especially if he's free. Why not take a flyer on, on Aguero? You'll probably move a few jerseys as well uh, with his name on the back of a Barcelona kit. Memphis Depay, he was supposed to come over earlier. And I think that uh, he'd be a good addition in some capacity. I think it gives him a little bit more flexibility and options and, and different looks. Um, as you also trying to appease Messi to make sure you're signing players that, that can play and help him win stuff. And the and time then, is now for Memphis Depay. He's 27. He's not yeah, 21 yeah, yeah. anymore. Like he yeah. needs to, you know, so the move is now. It's right now. So, yeah. And this was as good a time for Leon to win the league as, you know, if they, it's one of those things. If you can't win the league when it's wide open like this, yeah. then maybe the time is to move. And then you have Genie Vivaldum from, from Liverpool, who's also expressed interest in coming to Barcelona, which is why he didn't resign with Liverpool. So if you add Vinaldum into the team, especially because Busquets is getting a little bit older, you have a Vinaldum, De Jong, who played together on the national team for the Dutch, you know, uh, it's getting very Dutch, this squad. It's getting (laughs) Dutch. It's very Dutch, which is the Ajax way, Barcelona way. They all kind of share. You know, we get Memphis Depay in there as well. I mean, you, you, you're strengthening the team with those signings. If you bring in Vinaldum, Vinaldum, Depay and Aguero, that's not a bad summer haul. Are they are they match winners? No, but they make your team better, you know, and they're one of those. And I think you have to move Pionic uh, along. He's not a good fit for the team. They should never have moved him. I mean, it's not his fault, I guess, in a way. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's not. But uh, listen, so all these, things all these incoming to... players, though, fit the Coleman system. So it all depends if Coleman stays, which is what I think would happen if Memphis Depay comes in. Uh, yes, I think that 
he'll have the project for one more year. Uh, I, I guess it depends on what Messi does. And then at some point, I think Xavi is going to come in and coach the team. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm here for that. And hopefully he brings in Iniesta to be his assistant. Yeah. Well, he just extended his stay with this Kobe. So it will definitely not be. He's waiting. He's just season. waiting for Xavi to yeah, take the job. Waiting. Then he's going to leave. He's waiting for it. It's, it's like, you know, when you get invited to a party when you're young, it's like, well, who's going to be there? <laughs> That's literally what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move to Serie A for a second. Okay. Um, Juventus looking for Champions League soccer for next season. They face the Scudetto champions, Inter Milan. That is a Saturday game, I believe. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, Juve versus Inter. Biggest rivalry in, in Italy for people that don't know. I it, I know people say El Roma Lazio and all this, but Juve and Inter, based on their success, and there's a, there's a nice, nice history between the two clubs. This one in particular is interesting. I do want to say, Luis, we we predicted uh, we correctly predicted that Cristiano Ronaldo would score and Juve would beat Sassuolo and both teams to score. That was plus two sixty. So, pat on the back for us yep. on, on nail on that one. Tap it to happened. the bank, baby. The the champions though, Inter Milan won the Scudetto for the first time in eleven years. Uh, they're showing no signs of letting up. It's actually they've almost relaxed. They've scored eight goals in their last two games, but they've been a little loose. I think because they're bombing forward and having fun, I think they're a little bit more loose in the back. So I think there's an opportunity for Juve to take advantage. They travel to Turin though, for this one unbeaten in their last 10 away matches in Serie A. Yeah. They're feeling it. Although two of those three last two of the three have ended in draws. So take that into consideration. The last home game that Juve had, they lost to AC Milan three zero. So maybe it's a Milan thing. Maybe Inter can come in. I just wanted to bring up that history between Juve and Inter because I'm sure Inter would love nothing more. Very similar to Manchester United and Liverpool than to not allow to beat to beat their biggest rival to make sure they don't get into the Champions League next season. So yeah. just take that in as context. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored 28 Serie A goals this season, which is crazy. Uh, just it's the other end of the field, which is really surprising. Juve have always been kind of known being stout defensively, and I think the Italian teams in general have that stereotype of always being good defensively. It's so many good goals in Serie A this season, but but Juve are without a clean sheet in their last 12 Serie A matches and have conceded five goals in their last three. So I just want to throw that out there. I just want to say that I think both teams are going to score. And then I'll just, I'm going to leave it to everybody in the audience to decide where you're going to go with that bet. If this is, this is crazy value, by the way, on William Hill, both teams have scored and Juve to win is plus 270. So if you're leaning towards that and Cristiano Ronaldo is going to put the team on his back and be a hero, then go that direction. If you think it's going to be a draw, plus 305 for both teams to score in the draw, for Inter Milan, by the way, they are the champions. They are the champions of Italy. If you have both teams to score and them to win is plus 390. That is insane value for a team that's playing as well wow. as they are, that have already proven to be the champions, who are better on paper than Juve. And Antonio Conte, who used to manage Juve, is definitely going to want to stick it to his former club. Like, there's so many reasons why Inter is going to be up for this one. The fact that you can get plus 390 with both teams to score and Inter to win is is insane to me. That said, I don't know and if they're going to They've win. only <laughs> lost twice in the league. They've only lost twice in the league and they've scored 82 goals. Like, I know it's Juventus, but this is Inter Milan, who, to your point, have just won Scudetto. Having said all that, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. There are two things here, Jimmy. One is, is this a game of chess where clearly the more experienced manager, the better man, because you can cancel Ronaldo with Lukaku. 
Right. So, so to me, you know, that that's to me, it's about tactically in the game. How does Antonio Conte figure this out as opposed to Andrea Pirlo? And again, I'm just, I'm feeling that Juventus will mess up once again. I, I, I high scoring game though. I see a high scoring game. Okay. So I'm actually, if we're going to do the part, if we're thinking about the parlay, I'm going to say the draw. Um, Okay. But I do want to give you guys some other value. I don't know which team you think is going to come from behind and get the draw, but if you pick Juve to do it, that's plus 550. And I think there oh, could wow. be like interscoring first and then Juve being super desperate and getting a goal at some point yep. to make it 1-1 or 2-2. But it's the same value if you think that Juve is going to score first and Inter is going to come back into the team, uh, you know, and get come back from behind and get the draw plus 550. If you want to take that one step down and say come from behind and win or draw, for Juve to do that, it's plus 390. For Inter to do that, it's plus 410. There is, there's crazy value around this game right now. Uh, are just, we adding this to the parlay though? Oh yeah, I think we should for fun. All right, so what do you want? What I, do you I want to go, I think a draw. We, 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 I think we That's have to add two more draws, draws in, our in the parlay. Well, we can take one of them out, but I, I, <laughs> this is the one though I want to, I don't know if I want to live or die on a draw with Brighton West Ham. I'd rather live on a, a <laughs> live or die with a draw with this one. Cause I'll all right, let's do it. Question. I can see it because also tactically, strategically speaking, Inter Milan is a team that will go at you in the first 20 minutes and then maybe welcome something, especially from a team as big as Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo, etc. I could see one all, I could see two all to be honest. I, I could do it. I could see that as well. The, when you have two draws and a four-legged parlay so far, God, that jumps up really high. I mean, listen, plus, plus three thousand if we if we hit this four-leg parlay. But if we're gonna die, we're gonna die diving <laughs> two hundred miles an hour. Like that's it. That's it. I mean, right. that's that's how I see my life. I got a red card in my last ever national team game. I went out with a blaze of glory. Okay, Luis. That's it. That's it. That that, that, right. that says it all. All right, I'm going for a high-scoring draw. Okay, I just do want to bring up that uh, there's another big. Derby going on. Yep. Uh, the Derby della Capitale between Roma and Lazio. And I just want to bring it up because it's an amazing, amazing Derby. I don't know. Ultimately, I think Lazio are going to win this. Roma have not been very good since Jose Marino got announced. I know they beat uh, Manchester United in the second leg and, and all that good stuff. But since then, it hasn't been great. They've got three defeats in the last four. They're mathematically unable to get in the top six. However, if they do finish below Sassuolo, they're going to miss out on that Conference League stuff. So that's important for them to, to get into there and just kind of solidify something. But it just seems like, I don't know, defensively, they have the worst defensive record in Serie A's top half, which that's, for me, they've let in 56 goals this season. Unacceptable for a club of Roma stature, in my opinion. That is going to be a big point of emphasis for Mourinho. And guess who's very good at defending for the most part? It's it's or he was at one point. It's, it's that. I just feel like Roma's form has spiraled a little bit, Luis, in the second half of the season in particular. And it looks like they're just trying to, they just want their season to end so they can start focusing on the Jose Mourinho era. Whereas yeah. Lazio still have something to play for. And even though I don't expect Lazio to get into the, the, the top four, they're still in the conversation thanks to a 95th minute winner against Parma midweek. So you know, it's still going to be pressure underneath Juve in in, in particular. And, and Lazio are going to want to win this one. The last time these two played in this derby, Lazio won 3-0. And they share the same stadium. So it's not really a home or away game, you know, because there's no fans. So it doesn't really make yeah. much of a difference. Well, but, uh, I, 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 I like Lazio to win. And I hate saying that as a Roma supporter, but 
they just feel a little bit sharper to me. So I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But I don't want to put it in the parlay. I'm going to stay away from it. Well, Chiro the Hero Immobile became the club's all-time leading scorer with that uh, late goal against Parma, scoring his 150th goal. Hero for the club so but yeah let's stay out of it all right well let's move on then let's go to uh let's go to the bundesliga for a second okay bundesliga is nuts Bayern munich obviously champions but again just like in other leagues in europe the race for the champions league continues where do you want to go well i do want to start with Bayern because they take on freiburg this week and robert Lewandowski is two goals away from breaking gerd moeller's unbeatable record. I mean, 40 goals in a season is ridiculous. He's on 39. Apparently Robert Lewandowski got hurt in training today, so he might not play. I was looking at the value for Robert Lewandowski to score anytime. I've never seen it this far down a minus for a player to score anytime. He was minus 333. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But if you have him scoring first, that's plus 170. I like that value a lot, but I don't think that he's going to, I don't know if he's going to play or not because he left training early due to an injury. So we'll see how significant that is. But if he does play, the one value that I thought was kind of fun with Lewandowski is him scoring first at plus 170. So keep that in mind. We're also taping this before the DFB Pokal final. So RB Leipzig and Dortmund both play on Sunday. Dortmund's away against Mainz. Mainz is pretty good. They're, they're unbeaten in their last six. RB Leipzig is in second. Wolfsburg are in third in the table. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I might impact which game I want out of this country's uh, in this league's for the parlay. Based on who you think's going to, I feel like whoever loses or wins the DFB Pokal, excuse me, well, I'm just going to have emotional drop off. So I don't know. Maybe we stay away from that. But there is one game that people because because not only the top four, just so everybody knows, Leipzig's in second on 64. They're, they're locked in for the Champions League. Wolfsburg's on 60. They're feeling pretty good. Dortmund are in in, in fourth with 58 points, Frankfurt are on 57. So it's really between Dortmund and Frankfurt. I think Frankfurt are going to win because they have to win. They're taking Schalke. They're taking on Schalke, who are terrible, by the way. Only won two games all season. Scored 21 goals this season out of 30-something games. That's terrible. I'd like Frankfurt to win. So that's kind of my lock for that if I wanted to look at that. But I do want to tell you guys that at the bottom of the table, so Schalke's done. They're on 13 points. FC Cologne, 29 points in the relegation zone. Armenia Bielefeld, 31 points. Werder Bremen, 31 points. Augsburg, 33 points. And the jersey I'm wearing right now, Hertha Berlin, 34 points. I think Hertha is going to be fine. Augsburg and Werder Bremen play against each other this weekend. That game is going to be popping off, and I'm here for it. I love when games have that little juice on it, Luis, that, where there's that, that, that air of desperation that something has to happen because I think you really see the character of a team when, that, when, when they're under an immense amount of pressure. I mean, this 
this could change the fortune of the club for not just next season, but for the foreseeable future because of all the money that's at stake if they go down or if they stay up. So keep your eyes on uh, Augsburg Werder Bremen this weekend, especially Josh Sargent, American international place for Werder Bremen. That's going to be a very good game. But I think our lock for this one is Eintracht beating a very bad Schalke team. It, they're minus 400 to win straight up, but I think we throw them in our parlay, at least so we can hit one. Okay, Luis, we're going to guarantee we're going to get one right. Well, this one needs to be added because we need to keep building up on this uh, parlay parte. And let's go with Eintracht Frankfurt. Listen, we got to keep going here because I want to go now and leave Europe and let's go to MLS. Some big games here. We always add an MLS game as part of our parlay parte. Plenty of good teams. We've always been talking recently as of late. We've talked about the LA teams a lot. And we've talked about Seattle Sounders, clearly, arguably the best team in MLS right now. But let's let's switch gears for a second because Atlanta United, a team under Gabriel Heinze, big expectations with his manager. Our friend Felipe Cardenas did a great piece for The Athletic, basically discussing everything that's been going on with the club uh, in recent years, specifically all the way since Tata Martino and Carlos Bocanegra and just, you know, everything that came with Frank DeBoer and of course getting Heinze later on and just a little bit of instability on a club that you thought maybe was a little bit more stable. So we want to focus on that team right now. It's early in the season for MLS, Jimmy Conrad, but you know, they need to get some wins that, you know, they know how important it is for their fans to get back on track because last season was kind of a mess. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the most important piece for Atlanta, I almost called them Atalanta, which is awesome, but Atlanta <laughs> United is Joseph Martinez and the health of Joseph Martinez. I think the one sign that's promising is that he finally scored his first goal this season against uh, Inter Miami. And he's a confidence guy like most strikers. And I'm hopeful that that will kind of, you know, really propel him to, to do some special things and, and uh, to get back to the top. I, I think the league is better. Obviously, that team is going to be better when he's scoring goals. He's just such a great personality. It's and Joseph Martinez. He is. He is a special former player. MVP of the of the of the league, and you know, winner of the cup. Hundred percent. But but that article that you're mentioning from the Athletic, I read it. I, I was a teammate of of Carlos Bocanegra with the national team. We played together in college. I've known Carlos for a very long time. We were roommates with the national team as well. So, I was really surprised to see and hear some of these. Uh, accusation sounds very dramatic, but but to hear some of these claims against him and how it was a big power struggle and that how Marcelo Bielsa, they could have had, Mar I can't believe that Atlanta United could have had Marcelo Bielsa when they weren't like, just whatever you want, sir. Yes, sir. Let's do it, sir. <laughs> but they went and got a disciple of Bielsa and Tata Martino ended up being great. And the fact that they wouldn't allow him to have more of that because maybe Bocanegra or others were feeling threatened that, that they didn't have as much influence and all of it was going to Tata. I think there's a special skill set. I don't know any of that, how verified all that is, right? But, but just to talk about what I read in the article, there's a special, a special skill set when you get into higher areas of leadership where getting out of your own way is the best thing that you can do. And it's what's best for the whole project. And, and putting your ego aside and understanding that, especially for, in Carlos's case, he, he was new to the job and didn't have any experience as a sporting director. It's got to be very difficult because he's trying to prove himself. And how can he do that if he's giving all of his responsibilities to the new coach that's coming in and coaches that have a ton of experience that are coaching some of the biggest clubs around the world and have, you know, been under all types of different pressure. And so 
it's really fascinating to me that, and I'm sure this isn't isolated. I'm sure there's plenty of stories where Bielsa, you know, fell out with clubs before they got started and all, all that type of stuff. Oh, but, or during it. I mean, Marseille yeah, was too. a problem. Like, that too, that too. Yeah. That too. Maybe, maybe Atlanta didn't want to give him, you know, a, a, a cooler to sit on and he wasn't allowed to sit <laughs> on a cooler during, I love when Bielsa does that. Yeah. So, no, I so, think what, it, just very quickly before you continue, I think the biggest, yeah. another big obstacle as well is that Atlanta United essentially was a, was a brand new franchise. And I think that when you create something brand new and you're so young, it's very difficult to rely on historical resume saying, this is how we've done it. And this is what we've learned from it. Whereas it was essentially a blank page. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and to Felipe's point, this article is really about power and sort of like who controls the pieces. And it's very difficult, especially in MLS, which is a baby league in the first place anyway, and a city like Atlanta. So it's, it's very difficult. So to your point, you know, it, 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 it's gotta be, intricately looked at, but also remind itself that it is a successful team. It's a one MLS cup shortly after it was, you know, inaugurated uh, Joseph Martinez, MLS MVP that season trim like the stadium, Mercedes Benz stadium when it's full before COVID we're talking about 70,000 fans in there. It's amazing. I mean, it's an amazing story, but with it, you know, comes responsibility and the illusion and the ideal of, of success and power. That's the thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because because the success is so important to the story. When you start having success, everybody wants some credit for it. And and yeah. if you don't feel like you're getting enough credit, then that could dent your ego. I mean, at the end of the day, these are decisions being made by human beings that have feelings just like the rest of us. And and if, if you don't feel like you're being rewarded with, with the right amount of spotlight or whatever it is, or it, you know, if it's been announced publicly that, well, you know, and I'll just, I'll use Carlos here as an example, but you know, if, if Carlos was actually making a lot of those moves, but Tata Martino was getting all the credit, I could see why Carlos could be feeling a little burned by it, you know, and wanting to maybe take back some of that control behind the scenes. But the fact that he was in every training or at every training, watching every video thing, that was, that was interesting, it, but also not surprising. And I wish Tata, I'm sure there's a lot more to this story, but Tata Martino basically banned him from video meetings after like half the season, but I Tata needed to take into consideration and maybe he did at some point, but just got tired of it anyway, that Carlos just retired. You know, he, he, he's so close to still being a player. It's going to be hard for him. And it's hard. Even when I tran uh, transitioned from, from retiring to doing this media stuff, I was depressed for nine months to, to a year because I'm like, what is my identity now? And because Carlos transitioned so quickly from being a player to now this front office job. He didn't really have that, that maybe time to reflect yeah, and to give it some space and to not, and kind of just mourn the fact, because you have to mourn it. You, 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 this whole previous identity is gone and it needs to be properly mourned. And then you can move on and start to become this next version of yourself. And I don't think he gave himself the chance to do that. And I can understand why he's probably inserting himself in areas that maybe he shouldn't, you know, he's still, I try to, he's act, acting like the captain of the team when he's not the captain of the team anymore. And, he and it makes it that. harder when it's a brand new team. 100%. So, 100%. you know, it, it, anyway, with all of that, <laughs> Atlanta United like seventh in the Eastern Conference. They've won once, drawn twice, lost another one. Gabriel Heinze still getting used to the league. But you mentioned Joseph Martinez, obviously a very talented team. And they face Montreal, a very, yeah. a, a very good team right now, Jimmy. Yeah, Montreal's look pretty good. And I'm 
pleasantly surprised given the fact that they have to play their games not in Canada and that Thierry Henry kind of split town, you know, That's right. before yeah. the season. So and they're leading the Eastern Conference right now. They are. And and one guy I've been impressed with is their 29-year-old striker who just scored his first two goals of the season, Bjorn Johnson. And uh, he's played in a lot of leagues all over the world. He played for uh, Azed Alkmaar and uh, Den Haag in, in the Eredivisie. He played for Rosenborg on, you know, he went to the K-League in Korea and played for Ulsan Hyundai. I mean, he's been all over. Yeah. And so for him to score two pretty good goals uh, midweek, I think speaks to, you know, the the, the, the pieces that they're putting, putting together at Montreal. And and uh, he's a big number nine, man. He is six foot five. And wow. if they can start to utilize him in, in, a, in a good way, then and really start to create those, you know, numerical advantage. He's got good feet. He scored two good goals, but he's going to get on the end of crosses as well. So to be fair, Inter Miami were awful, but you know, you got to take your chances. You do. I mean, that's, that's, I'm not surprised with that, but I did think Atlanta at home at some point, they got to put their flag on the ground and start getting results. And, and with Joseph Martinez scoring, I I like, I'd like Atlanta to win this one because I, 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 sometimes it scares me to put MLS into our parlays because it's so unpredictable. Uh, yeah. but, but, but for fun, we should do Atlanta and then back Gabriel Heinze and Carlos Bocanegra and everybody fighting through this article that, you know, pulled the curtain back a little bit on how things work. Joseph Martinez is going to go out there and do the business. Let's Are see. there fans in Mercedes-Benz stadium these days? I think it's not, not full capacity. But They're giving away uh, some COVID vaccinations uh, ahead of this game as well. So promoting all of that uh, around the community. So I'm imagining there's a limited capacity, but still though, uh, you know, to your point, I think uh, I, they need a bolt of lightning is what Atlanta United need. They need something big. They need like a, a, a big win against a team that's in momentum doing well. And what perfect way to do it than against uh, the team that's leading the Eastern conference right now. And that's Montreal. So I'm yeah. going with, a, uh, with an Atlanta win as well. And to your point, your very first point, Joseph Martinez, a friend of the show, by the way, loves Peruvian food. Joseph Martinez, <laughs> feeling confident. I feel that this is an Atlanta win as well. Yeah. So we have our six, we have our six picks. All right. Ready, so we have Chelsea winning the FA Cup. Yes. We have, we left West Ham. No, no, we'll, we'll keep it in because it gives All us right. six. West Ham, Brighton, draw. Is that what we said? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Atleti, win. Against Osasuna, yep. A Juventus, Inter, draw. That's right. Wow. Uh, what do we have <laughs> in the Bundesliga? We have Eintracht Frankfurt beating Schalke. So yep. if that doesn't happen, then we're just going to quit. No, we retired. That doesn't happen. Eintracht Frankfurt in, okay. And Atlanta United win. Yes, that, that if all those hit, plus 6,100. So we had to oh. bet 100 to bet 61. I Basically, we're going to bet what five dollars each at least is going to hop into and and that will pay uh that'll give us 600 bucks I, I don't know if that's enough to go to vegas but but it's enough to get us started it's enough to go to uh <laughs> we can buy vegas. a ticket we could probably buy a, a plane flight i think plane flights are pretty pretty it's cheap. enough to go to vegas the uh, strip club here in the bronx oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious all right well i like that and if you like it then go to town but if not jimmy has given you so much not just parlay info but also some real tasty ones. The, the the Inter one winning straight up, by the way, that's crazy. It, with with uh, both both teams to score. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, plus three ninety. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Liga MX and the La Liga, the playoffs over there right now, because Toluca, who 
are doing bits in the playoffs, beat Cruz Azul in leg one, two to one. Atlas beat Puebla 1-0. We would have given you lines on that, but there's games going on. Pachuca Club America tonight, Santos Laguna, Monterrey uh, tonight as well. And then leg two will be over the weekend. But but uh, fair play to Toluca, man. They weren't expected to do anything. And now they have the lead against the best team in the league. So uh, I've just, I'll be having my eyes open for Liga MAQs as well. Absolutely. And I want to give a shout out uh, to the Women's Champions League final because mm-hmm. Chelsea face Barcelona. You are going to have a brand new winner in the Women's Champions League. Chelsea doing their thing, winning the WSL already. And Barcelona doing the same thing too in the same weekend. This is a, a big final. It's on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Jimmy, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything from that as well, because it's a major final. It could be a winner for the first time. Well, I think it's exciting that Chelsea have a finalist in both Champions Leagues and the men's and women's first time in the history of the sport that that's happened. I like Chelsea. With all due respect to Barcelona, I think winning the double. Well, either one of them will win the double, to your point. So I just think Chelsea have have some players... And I'm not sleeping on Barcelona. I think it's going to be tight. I just think that Chelsea have a little bit more magic in them this season. Just overall as a squad, they're just so deep. And Emma Hayes is a very good man. I just, I, there's, I mean, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby, Pernille Hart. I mean, come I, on. I, I just think that maybe the women's league in England is just a little bit harder. Good point. Than, than the, the, the women's league in, in La Liga right now in Spain. So I, I think that Barcelona ha- have some competition, but I think because of the investment in the women's game in England, it's starting to become a little bit harder. And so for Chelsea to be on top of that, to hold off Man City, uh, I think is, uh, I'm going to, that's why I'm just, it's honestly going to be close. I, th- I could see like a 2-1 Chelsea. Yeah. And by the way, before we leave, we also have to remember something and I hope she's ready because we're going to do it. Uh, she, I don't even know if she, she realizes this, but it's the NWSL. The regular season starts this weekend and we have a lot going on here at CBS Sports, but we represent this league fully. Our friend Poppy Miller, the anchor, and now we're welcoming our producer, who's also a color commentator for the NWSL, part of Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. Lisa Roman is in the his a Lisa. Lisa, what's up? Hey guys, it's so fun to join the pod, not just be <laughs> behind the scenes this time. I know. I feel so sorry for Lisa because she has to listen to me and Jimmy every single day, and she just not- listen. I get to make the bets too. Come on, come on. That's true. That's true. That is our true. She's our bookie. But she does a lot for CBS, not just Kego Lasso. She's a color commentator for the NWSL. She's also an analyst as well. There's a lot of really fun, great things happening with this league and our network. And we wanted to just welcome her at the very end of uh, this program, this weekend preview, because uh, Lisa, just what are some things to look ahead to as the NWSL begins their season this weekend? Yeah, the NWSL regular season starts Saturday, uh, games on Sunday too. It's a big deal for the league. Um, like most teams, they didn't get to play in most leagues. They didn't get to play in 2020. They had a bubble and WSL was the first one to do the bubble. Um, and this year they started their preseason with a challenge cup. The Portland Thorns won that. It was a final between Gotham FC and the Thorns. The Thorns coming out on top after PKs. It was a very exciting game. And then just a week after that final, the regular season starts. Um, it, it's a lot of games for these teams and teams who haven't traveled. It's a 24 game regular season schedule 12 home games 12 away there's not going to be a break for the olympics which is pretty interesting because a lot of these teams have 
um, national team players from Canada and the United States. And so they'll be missing those players throughout the summer when the Olympics take place. Um, but some big teams to look out for, the Portland Thorns, they just won the Challenge Cup. They're looking really, really hot this year. They have some really good players. Gotham FC, they've rebranded. They used to be Sky Blue FC, and now it's New Jersey, New York. Uh, Gotham FC with head coach Freya Coombe. They did an entire rebrand. They just acquired Ali Long. They're adding new players in. They have a really good team. They were in the final for the Challenge Cup. But some other teams to look, keep an eye on. OL Reign. They're in Seattle. They have big time players like Megan Rapinoe and Jess Fishlock who will be leaving for the Olympics, but they've also acquired a lot of Lyon OL players from Europe that will be joining them in June. So keep an eye on them. But overall, women's soccer is back. The NWSL is back for the regular season and it all starts on Saturday. And you can watch it on CBS Sports. Jimmy, I don't know if you had a question for our Lisa in terms of the NWSL. I know this is a league you also follow closely. Yes, uh, I love and I feel honored to be a part of it. And again, I'm so proud that uh, CBS and Paramount Plus have all the action for us this summer. I'm going to be, be I'm going to be one of the wagering analysts this this season. Love so, it. love it. Yeah, one of my wagers that I wanted to hear uh, from from Lisa about this was that I think Dabinia, who plays mm-hmm. for the North Carolina Courage, and I actually have one her jersey because I think she's unbelievable. I think she's going to be the MVP of the league, even though she's going to miss out on probably the Olympics, right? So even be, mm-hmm. despite missing some time, I still think she's going to be the the MVP and potentially the golden boot winner. Do you agree with those sentiments, Lisa? Sabina is an incredible player. She actually just won MVP of the Challenge Cup. Um, so she's already on the track there to, to win another MVP and potentially the golden boot. Uh, she will miss time for the Olympics, which is is going to be hard because it's gonna, going to allow other players time to get more goals and just more games overall. But Yes, Dabinia is on her way to being the best player, um, especially in the league, but the world. I'm looking at this globally, and she is right there, uh, right on the cusp of that. She had a really last, a really, really good season last year and in the Challenge Cup and then in the Fall Series for 2020 in the NWSL. Um, so, Jimmy, yes, that's a good bet. If you're a betting man, which I very well know you are, <laughs> yes. uh, I would bet on Dabinia to be another MVP or at least get the golden boot. She's so good. She deserves oh her full name, Deborah Cristiana de Oliveira, or otherwise known as Debinia. She's she's amazing. Like such a great player. She's got so much sauce and she's got more talent in her pinky than my whole body. And I'm just <laughs> awe of what she has. This is where all the Chick-fil-A sauce uh, ran out. <laughs> yeah. Debinia she's, took it all. She's amazing. I, I love watching her play and, and uh, I encourage anybody else that loves the game to watch her play as well. 29-year-old Brazilian. She's going to do bits in the Olympics as well. So mm-hmm. keep your eye on Debinia. Absolutely. Lisa, last question. Just give me a player to look out for uh, that maybe perhaps we need to pay more attention to. Um, Morgan Weaver, she's, she's a big one. All eyes are on her after the challenge cup final, but she's a forward for Portland. It's her second year in the league. Um, she usually subs on, she doesn't start the game, but she's a spark when she gets on the field, she plays up top. She's constantly moving. So if you can keep an eye on her, try to keep an eye on her as she's constantly moving, but she scored the winning PK for the thorns to win the challenge cup just last week. Um, she's a good one to keep an eye on and she's young. So she has so much room for growth in the league. I love it. 
I love it so much. NWSL, the season kicks off this weekend. Lisa Roman, part of a great team. You, Jimmy Conrad with the betting tips as well. You can see it all on CBS Sports, Paramount Plus, and of course, CBS Sports HQ and plenty of shoulder programming and plenty more to come as we keep growing this soccer community on CBS. Lisa, thank you so much. Hey, stay here. Do you have any final thoughts for anything? Because I know you're a Tottenham fan. Oh, I am. Honestly, I hate to say this, but I like Jose Mourinho. So now I'm like trying to be a Roma fan. Jimmy, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I think he's just like spunky. I want to follow him. I want to follow him. I love that. That's my new favorite word for Jose Mourinho. Spunky. He does have a lot of spunk. Listen, he, he doesn't he, care what anyone thinks. It's fun. Yeah, he's like it is, it is he's like popcorn at the movies. Whatever you're watching, you need it. So that's exactly the same thing. Hey, Jimmy, did you have any other final thoughts, by the way? Aside I think I've given like 17 final thoughts, <laughs> so I'm good. My final thought is thank you so much for listening. This is of probably course. our longest weekend preview, but, you know, we wanted to give you as much as we can. So from it's all what, of us. It's what we do. It's what we do. Absolutely. Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. Jimmy, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, everybody. Thanks for listening. It's Preakness Week and Sportsline has you covered. Visit Sportsline.com for all the analysis you need to play the ponies with intrigue over Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert. You need to stay up to date on everything going on in the Triple Crown. Hammering Hank Holberg gives out his favorite picks. Jody Demling offers his full rankings. Gene Menez will be on the Early Edge podcast dishing out his picks and getting you up to speed on how to bet the second leg of the Triple Crown. Sportsline has you covered for everything related to Saturday's Preakness Stakes. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Lisa Roman for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us there, Spotify, Stitcher. We are on YouTube as well. You can watch every episode on youtube.com forward slash Lasso. We're also on cbsports.com and, of course, your CBS Sports app. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.